This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the latest edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Seeley. And I'm joined somewhere in a travel lodge or a premier in somewhere in the Midlands. It's uh, our senior ATP tour handicapper, Sean Cavill. Where are you, Sean? Whereabouts are you? I'm in a secret location in the Midlands, as you said, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually going to, to West Brom today against Middlesbrough. Um, not been to the Hawthorns for many, many, many years now. I've been to the odd couple of away games over the last few years, but I've not been not been to a home match for a long, long time, so... I've got a little couple of days uh, window in which to do something and you know see a couple of friends and family and stuff like that. So that's what I'm doing right now. As you can see, this is uh, uh, one of uh, Stafford's best Premier Inns. <laughs> Are you getting the bus there to the football? To the I'm, no, I'm, well, I'm I've, I'm getting I'm, I'm actually getting a taxi today. Oh, what? You won the lottery. I'm only getting a taxi from here to the train station though, oh, and right. then I'm going to get a train, and then one of my friends is going to pick me up from another train session and she's driving down there. So it's a, it's a mix, a bit of a planes, trains and automobiles job, to be honest, because there's a, there's a big train strike here today. I know. So. I was supposed to be in Gillingham. I was supposed to be at Gillingham League 2 today. It's a half hour train journey from where I am to go to Gillingham. And today the journey takes two hours, 45 minutes on three different trains. So I've decided to leave that today. So uh, yeah, anyway, it's ridiculous. we're glad we have. It's, it's enough of the football talk. People haven't come here to listen to no, our travels haven't. in the Championship and League Two in England. If you want to do that, you can follow <laughs> because we win studios, the Betting Weekly Studios, where we have all that soccer uh, covered for you as well. But this is about tennis, and it's the final major of 2023. It's the US Open starts on Monday. You've seen our preview for the tournament. If you haven't, it's available on the YouTube channel and available to download on your preferred podcast provider. But this is all about the matches. Uh, we have 64 men's first round matches. We can't go through all of them because some of them are very one-sided and some of them are questionable. But uh, Sean has highlighted five matches on the first round. We don't know the order play yet, but they will start on Monday and Tuesday and they'll start 11 o'clock Eastern time. So you have plenty of time to look at the matches and go through the bets and head to the BetRivers website and they'll have a multitude of markets, 36 different markets on all those matches as well. So number one tennis web website and the number one tennis betting company in the United States for sure. So make sure you bet with them uh, and uh, for the head of the big tournament, the US Open this week. So let's start the action. The last match we're going to look about is Lloyd Harris up against Guido Pella. Uh, Lloyd Harris is a favourite here. He's minus 295. Uh, the spread here is four and a half. Um, Harris minus four and a half at minus 120. Pella is uh, receiving four and a half is 107. The total here is 37 and a half uh, with over minus 121. Before we talk about the match, Sean, let's have a look at the conditions. A lot of people might be watching this podcast for the very, or listen, watching this show for the first time or listening to the podcast for the very first time. May not, may be new to betting on tennis. Before we look at that match, what are the conditions like and how important is it to know about the conditions before you place a wager on tennis? Yeah, they play on a lake hold surface. It's the same one as Winston-Salem last week with the Wilson US Open balls. It, you know, these surfaces can change the variable, but 
it seems the same as last year. If you look at the qualifying stats, um, they're exactly the same as the stats from last year. 79% holds, 72% first serve points won in the three years on a lake hold, and exactly the same as the qualies that have just taken place after 103 matches. Um, different courts play differently. You know, the Arthur Ashe Stadium is normally a bit slower. The outside court sometimes a bit quicker. It just depends on the sun as well. Depends on you know, the court to get the sun. You know, it bounces around a bit quicker. Um, but yeah, that, that's, those, are the, those are the sort of conditions that we're expecting this week. And the weather forecast, I know the weather's going to be bad on Tuesday. Um, there's going to be a lot of thunder and lightning, rain, the day that I land in New York. So the day's going to be affected by the weather. On Monday, it's not so bad, is it, Monday? Um, it looks okay on Monday, yeah. Tuesday looks a bit iffy. A couple of the courts have got roofs, haven't they? The Arthur Ashe now, and I think it's Armstrong as well, isn't it, that's, that's got a roof. Um, so you should be okay on the, the couple of courts that they've got there. But variable, the weather looks really variable, thunderstorms around, showers around. When I get there, it looks like it's going to be pretty hot, actually. Um, 20, <laughs> not what you want to hear, but 27, ah. 28, 29 uh, degrees. So the second week looks like it'd be more of a, a challenge uh, in terms of in terms of the heat and humidity. And also, if that forecast is right, you would expect the the courts to play a bit quicker as the tournament goes on. You know, if it's if it's kind of rainy, like when you get there Tuesday, you would expect it to be slower, higher humidity, slows those Wilson balls down. The Wilson balls are um, normally one of the quickest ones around. But you know, as far as the conditions are concerned, it, from from the evidence that I can see, it looks it looks the same as last year. Oh, pretty much the same. And then we look at these matches now. Lloyd Harris is minus 295, as I said. Guida Pella is plus 230. There has been a bit of a money for Pella here. Uh, and I think the line is actually moving as we speak. It's going to get down, down, down to plus 210, which has actually happened in, while we've been speaking about this show. So the money is definitely coming for Pella here. Surprisingly, really, because they're not in a great form either, these players. Pella has lost his last two matches. He got beaten in the first round of Hamburg. Oh, Kitzbühel, sorry. He got beaten in the last 16 in Hamburg. Hasn't played... Any tennis since Kitzbühel. Um, Harris have played at, um, at uh, Cincinnati, got beaten the first round by Purcell. Both of them not in the greatest of form. Both of them sort of tour veterans. Of, it's def definitely Pella. And both of them ranked lowly now. Pella's down to 210 in the world and uh, Lord Harris is 178. Um, do you agree with the early move for Pella here? I do, yeah. Just just before we come on to this, this match, actually, just something I wanted to mention about. When I, when I looked at these matches all of them in the first round I, I have never seen a draw of a major that has so many injury doubts to it mm -hmm. I was looking through all these matches and virtually every other one on average so roughly half of the first round matches are involving players with injuries players that are either coming back from injuries after a while players that were injured in their last match um, all that sort of stuff and I had to really kind of focus on the matches where I thought the players were sort of fit and it wasn't easy because every, as I say, every other match, it seemed to be, oh, well, he retired last time out. Um, I don't know what, whether you noticed that, but I, I've never seen a major draw like this. That's got so many injury doubts, just, just something to mention. So I've been a little circumspect in my, in my bets in this first round of this particular tournament, because it's hard to find matches where two of them you think are going to be fit. There's always players that end up being injured that you, you don't know about that are carrying injuries, but the ones that we do know about, I've never seen anything like it. But um, on, on to this Harris match. I, I, just on that point before we move on to this match, Sean, I, I, yeah. I looked over the last two weeks across the men's and the women's tour, I don't think I've ever seen so many withdrawals ever. Retirements, players injured in, in, in a tournament ever before. 
there was literally one round where there was, I think, 10 matches on the day across, or, or tw- maybe 20 matches on the men's and 20 ma- 10 matches on the women's. And there was probably seven withdrawals. It was so many of them. And that's a that's um, a real big concern for betting on this tournament. I know, I know we've touched it on the podcast before, but I think it's really, really important to have that in mind. Yeah, and it's amazing definitely. that you've, you've you've broken down all the matches and you've you've chosen a Pella match. I mean, he's at his age. That's, so that's where we're at. And Harris, really... for that matter, he's yeah. he's he's had a lot of injury problems. But this is this is and there's, there's other ones that are, are going to come on as well, which also have players with with dodgy injury records. But at this exact moment in time, as far as I know, you know they're fit, which which I can't I can't say about almost half of these matches, mm-hmm. which I've never I've never known that before. Um, anyway, Harris too short for this round about 1.38, sort of minus 263 was a bit ago. Um, you know, he's lost six of his last seven matches at majors, Lloyd Harris. And the one win he did have was in a final set tie break. Um, so not a great record lately at, at uh, majors. And his form coming into this US Open has been poor as well. He lost to a left-hander like Pella, similar type of player as well in Liam Brody, um, in the sense that both left-handers, they're both um, not the most powerful, but very good on court craft, ball positioning, all that sort of stuff. Um, lost in straight sets to him at the Carey Challenger. Then he lost to the informed Max Purcell in Cincinnati. No, no real disgrace there. But either, even so, he's not coming in a, in a in great form. He's not really done anything since his injury problems struck him in 2022, apart from a slightly surprising run on the grass in Mallorca, where he, where he, um, you know, he's always considered grass to be a a bit of a problem for him in terms of his his footing and stuff, but. Played well there, but that's that's really all he's done. Done nothing since then, really, either. He can still serve big, Harris, but the problem is on return, on all surfaces, he's won just 31% of his main level return points this season, which is very, very poor indeed. Breaking serve 10.7% of the time. So really struggling to break serve at this level. And his service points, one return points, one total is 97, which is exactly the same as Pella uh, has achieved in 2023. Yet we've got Harris as a very heavy favourite. And... You know, if you back Pella um, numerous times, well, let's say you backed him every time this season as an underdog, you'd be, you'd be doing pretty well. If you backed him for 100 bucks in each of his last 10 matches, you'd be up by $553. So he certainly rewarded um, underdog backers. I, th- I think the layers just assume that because he doesn't play that much, then, you know, he's not, he isn't that good anymore, but that's not the case. He's shown good form on the quicker surfaces this summer. Beat Borna Chorich. At Wimbledon and Marcus Gear on, and also very, very close to beating Manorino on grass as well. Uh, at match I was at in Mallorca. Also went the full five sets on clay, beating Quentin Hallis in four hours, 19 minutes. Went five sets with Chorich as well at Wimbledon. So his match fitness is still there. Um, as I say, he's a very, very profitable underdog to follow this season. I took him at 3.2 earlier. Um, I think he's probably a little bit shorter than that, than that now, probably about 3.1 ish or something. But, um, yeah, he looks he looks the value to me in this in this first round. Yeah, Pella is available at plus two ten now with Bet Rivers on the website. Um, still great value for the match against Lloyd Harris. The player is out of form, and Pella obviously with experience and uh, his proven ability on the stats. It's a 50-50 call, so a nice price at plus two ten there to get with Pella on the first round match. Remember that match. We don't know the order to play. It starts eleven a.m. either Monday or Tuesday. It's probably you've got the draw. I don't know if you know that the draw Monday or Tuesday, Sean, but it's a 
It will start 11 a.m. So you've got plenty of time to uh, to get your bets down on that. And if you do place a wager on the Bet Rivers website, remember you'll be able to live stream the match. And also remember, Bet Rivers have a US Open offer every day for the main draw. You just get a 50% match bet up to $25 on any live wager each day of the US Open over in Flushing Meadows. So if you want to play in play, you will gamble up to $25. You'll get a 50 50% matched on your stake. So uh, that's a nice offer that runs all the way through the tournament here. Uh, in New York. Um, next match, we're going to talk about Daniel Altmaier against Constant Lestien. Um, the line originally was one minus 155 for Altmaier, and it was plus 125 for Lestien, but the money has come for Lestien here. Altmaier is now uh, minus 141. Lestien is plus 114, which doesn't surprise me when you look at their their records on hard court. Um, Altmaier is 7-9 and nine this year. Lestien is 10, 10, 10 wins and 10 losses. Altmaier's all his good form is on clay. Or Lestian's good form is on a hard court. So um quite surprised to see Lestian the uh, the underdog here. So uh, I quite like the Frenchman here, Sean. I probably missed a little bit of value at plus 125. Um, is he a better plus 114 though? Yeah, if you look at the stats, I think he is. Um again, we're talking about players that I don't think are injured, and Lestian's in the conversation. You know, he he has had a both of these players actually have had have had injury problems. Um Le- Altmaier more recently, I think, uh, Lestian. Is is a, a player that is often injured throughout his career, um, but he certainly hasn't seemed seemed injured lately. Um, look at the stats though, so it's 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 very difficult to justify Altmaier as as, as this short really. Uh, his record at main level in the last twelve months on outdoor hard nil six win loss, and the service points one return points one total of just ninety, which is pretty poor, very poor for a player who's ranked just outside the top fifty in the world. Compare that with Lestien, last 12 months, an outdoor hard main level, six wins, nine losses, and a 97 total. So he's considerably better in his main level stats on this surface than than Altmaier. He's also coming off a, a title, admittedly at challenger level, but even so, you know, if, if anything, it's proved his fitness, um, and it's obviously good for his confidence, won the Stanford Challenger. Very, very close to beating Dominic Kopfer in Winston-Salem last week. He lost uh, in a final set tiebreak late on in a final set tiebreak. He had a couple of match points there, Lestien. So, you know, they were, you know, tough, hot, humid conditions as well. He went the, as far as he can go in a three-set match there. So, again, plus points on his fitness. Um, and if you look at Grand Slams, Altmaier is, again, nil six win-loss in the main draw of majors that are played on hard courts and grass. He's only won at this level on clay courts. So I'm perfectly happy. I was perfectly happy. I took Lestien earlier on, um, a slightly bigger price, but even at 2.14, I think, on the stats, uh, I'm happy to take a chance on him. To back up those stats there that Sean has said uh, on the matches here, they've met twice before. They met in 2022, and Altmaier won that uh, on clay. And when they met on a hard court, Lestien won in straight sets as well. So the, the hard court form is definitely for the Frenchman here. Uh, rather than Altmaier. So it's a one winner piece. If you look at the uh, the spread, it's one and a half. You can bet Lestien minus 107, receiving one and a half, which I wouldn't put you off. And uh, the total here is 38 and a half. And there's 37 different markets available on that match now on the Bet Rivers website. Uh, the next match we're going to talk about is uh, a man who's not in great form. We've opposed him a couple of times uh, recently, and it's Bosic van der Sandship against Jordan Thompson. However, I know he's not in good form, but I looked at the price that you, that you sent me through this morning on the, on the graphic that you want to talk about this match. And I thought it was a mistake when I saw Bosic van der Sandship at plus 220. 
I thought, I know he's in, mm. he's, I know he's out of form, but how can he possibly be plus 220? Well, he is, and money's come again for Bosnick van der Sandtrip since this morning. He's now plus 210. Jordan Thompson is minus 275. The spread here is five and a half. That seems very, very high. And Bosnick van der Sandtrip getting a five and a half start, minus 130. The total, again, seems relatively low at 36 and a half. They've never met before. Uh, Bosnick van der Sandtrip isn't in the greatest of form, but uh, saying that, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is um, a price that, Really, I don't think the Dutchman should be plus two ten. I defeat the defeat against Kumar in Winston Salem. You could sort of turn around and say, well, he, he he didn't really put it all in for that match, so that might be a question there. But um, that was my first reaction. Short when I sent through, I thought this can't be right. Plus two twenty, but Botic man the Sancho. Well, it is. Um, what do you think of this one? I think it's a, a mad price on Jordan Thompson. Um, mm. I'm slightly concerned about, about Van der Zandschel, but obviously, we, you know, given the fact that he hasn't won a match or barely won a match since since that um, meltdown he had in Munich, wasn't it, a few, a few months ago? Um, this could be a turning point for him, though, couldn't it? You know, he's, he's coming back to New York, where he made the quarterfinals as a qualifier in 2021. First man to do that, actually, since Gilles Muller uh, in 2008, which was the last time I was at the US Open, when Muller made the the uh, the, court, uh, the quarters as a qualifier, Botic did it in 2021. The only two men have done it recently. Obviously struggling for form at the minute. I was happy to oppose him for for certain reasons against against Kumar, but you know he could easily. It, it, it's going to turn around at some point, isn't it? He's not going to just continue to be terrible and and just kind of slide away. At some point, he's going to come back. You would assume. Um, you know, it might it might be here. If you look at Jordan Thompson, you know this this isn't a this is if you if you if imagine, how would you price this up five six months ago, you'd have had Bottich's favourite or slight favourite. I would have been minus one fifty Bottich. Yeah, I can't, I, I, you can't Thompson at this price. Um, let's just look at the stats. You know the, the main level hard court stats, um, outdoor hard in the last twelve months. Very very similar stats. Uh, Van der Zandschel, a better win rate, fifty three percent. Um, and a service points win rate, 10.1 total of 99. Jordan Thompson, just a 44% win rate and a slightly better uh, service points win return points win total at 100.6. Uh, service hold and break totals are virtually identical. Van der Zanskop, 99.3. Thompson, 99.5. So on the stats, you can't possibly make Thompson one to three or, or the, whatever he is, roughly one to three, slightly bigger than that. Um for this, I mean, this is this is one where I, I'm I wanted to press the button, but I'm slightly scared that Van der Zanskop is just in such a funk at the minute that he might just think, oh, I've kind of had enough of tennis at the minute, and just and just be here for the the substantial first round um, check which you get at all these majors. But if you are betting on this match, I think Van der Zanskop certainly offers some value, doesn't it? It's just a question of whether you trust him to to show up motivated. Or whether you think this this funk that he's in is gonna is gonna continue, but either way, you, you couldn't possibly back Jordan Thompson at that price. You get you even getting slight odds against about Van der Zandscope with the one and a half set start with Bet Rivers. That was two point one when I looked at that earlier. Um, seven of Thompson's fourteen matches, by the way, so half of his matches at the U.S. Open have gone to five sets. So I think you have to be looking at uh, Bottic in some way here. I love the five and a half start. I think getting a five and a half starts a brilliant. Price because Thompson wins a lot of matches in tie breaks. He wouldn't rule out tie break in this match. It, 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 you, could, you could lose them. You could win. Thompson could win seven, seven six, seven five, six four, and he could still cash. What would worry me about that? Would a big be number. If, 
It is. I mean, what would worry me about that is 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 Botic. If he goes a couple of sets down, you could see him thinking, "Well, oh, here we go again. I'm, I'm I'm jacking this in." That that's a possibility. Um, but either way, I think you know any of these these markets that that sort of um, you can get with the Botic with the, the game handicap, the set handicap, any of these things. If you trust if you trust him to put the full effort in, then that's a good price. Mm. It's a very bad price on Jordan Thompson, that's for sure. It was well. I, I thought when when the, honestly when I promised you when the the graphic come through, I thought I was going to ring up John who does our graphics and say this is a typo. It, it can't it can't be possibly two. I, I genuinely thought that. So um, I thought we had the other, I honestly thought it might be the wrong favourite. So I thought I, I know that he's not in great form, but I thought I can't, he can't possibly be two twenty when he he is. So Body Van der Sandship here uh, in some capacity. Obviously, he's not in great form, but we, can he revert back to his best? Can he get his best going at the US Open if he's if there is a time to do it, it's now. So, but you're not going to get prices like that again on him uh, probably next season when he gets his game going. So, Body Van der Sandrick could be worth a risk at plus 210 now. He was 220 with Bet Rivers. Next match, we're going to talk about features our tournament pick. If you haven't seen our out show, uh, make sure you watch it. It's uh, the future show is on this on the channel as well, on the YouTube channel and on the podcast. And our pick for the tournament is Alexander Zverev at 40 to 1. He starts his uh, campaign, a, a difficult opponent actually, Alexander Vucic, who's a, a big server. This could be a match where I, I can imagine Sean looking at tie breaks or potentially something like that, or games or something like that. Let's see what we see what you're going to say here, Sean. But Alexander Zverev is a heavy favorite. He's minus nine ten to progress through to the second round. Alexander Vukic is plus six dollars. The spread here is six and a half. Zverev uh, given up six and a half minus one thirteen. Alexander Vukic plus six and a half minus one twelve. And the total thirty four and a half, which does seem a little bit cheap to me. I think. If, you, if I was going to have a look at this match, I think I'd be concentrating on the game markets. What's your thoughts on this one, Sean? Yeah, I think this is this is one for tie breaks or or over games totals. I mean, Zverev is a a notoriously slow starter in majors anyway. Has been throughout his career regularly playing tie breaks or or going to longer sort of four or five set matches than than perhaps he ought to. And when he's playing Vukic, he's playing an opponent who's very much in form at the top of his form you would have to say Vukic and he's got a big game as well you know he's got the weapons big serve big ground strokes made the final Vukic in in quick conditions quicker conditions than this you would say slightly quicker anyway in um, Atlanta made it all the way to the final there and it took Taylor Fritz you know three sets to to win that title off Vukic so excellent form um, on on the hard courts this summer for, for Vukic he's won the same percentage of service points um, as Zverev has at main level this hardcore summer, Vukic. So there's nothing between them in terms of servers. They're both big servers, both win a lot of service points, hold a lot. Um, the difference is Zverev being 3.5% better on his return points. So, you know, little argument that Zverev's got a slightly better return game, but asking him to to come out and do it in the first match, the first set of the first match, you know, I think is a, a tall order. Um Zverev played two tie breaks with Guise Brauva in his first round match at Wimbledon. Also did the same with Lloyd Harris in his first round at the French Open. Also went five sets with Virilis, the clay quarter, in the first round of the Australian Open. So this season, and historically as well, going further back in time, um, Zverev has certainly been a guy that does just take a little while to get going. So I think the obvious bet here for me, and one that I was quite surprised is is the price that it is, is that the set one overs, which is um, a 4.1 chance plus 310 of Bet Rivers. Set one over, sorry, over 12 and a half games, that is, sorry. Yeah. So, it, and obviously on the Bet Rivers website, you can move that 12 and a half down to 10 and a half or, or whatever you want. So you can move it 11 and a half, so you can move it down. Uh, I, I always like to play the, the nine and a half and 10 and a half 
you know, obviously we've got to go low odds, but if you're going to take the big price on what's shown there with a tiebreak in the first match, uh, in the first set, you may want to look at 10 and a half as well, or nine and a half at equally nice prices, depending on how your strategy of approaching the bet here. But also the totals here at 34 and a half is worth considering as well. So Alexander Zverev, our pick, we think he's going to progress, but we think he might take a little bit of time to get into the groove as he has proven before here in major tournaments. So the final match we're going to talk about of the five on the first round of the men's singles at Flushing Meadow is Laszlo Jerry. The number 32 seed is up against the American Brandon Nakashima. Nakashima is the favorite here. Minus 186. The CD player Jerry is plus 148. The spread is three and a half. Uh, Lazo Jerry receives three and a half at minus 132. Nakashima minus three and a half is plus 104. And the total here is a very high 40 and a half, very high total. Um, Lazo Jerry was always an opponent that whenever he got to a, a hardcore event or he got into Wimbledon or, or any tournament where it wasn't on clay, he was also automatically an auto fade for me. I just wanted to get against Lazo Jerry. But he's actually learned how to play a little bit on, on clay this year. He's, he's improved greatly on the surface. He's seven and seven, which doesn't sound a lot. But when you look at his previous years, in 2021, he only won two of 10 matches on hard court. In 2020, he only won two of uh, seven matches. And in 2019, three of 11. He's sort of got the hang of it over the last couple of years, Lazo Jerry here. And he's plus 148, the CD player up against the American. Uh, this is, does this go to the way of the seedings or did the American uh, get the job done here, Sean? Yeah, you're right. Jerry certainly improved a lot on grass as well. Um, did well at Wimbledon. Um, beat, I think he beat, didn't he beat Cressy at Wimbledon. He certainly beat um, a, a Shelton, I think, as well. But he's, he's certainly beaten some some he good players. On, he got beat by Sitsipas. Yeah, so he's, he's certainly improved. On, on, you know, on grass, he was you know terrible. Hard courts, he was no good. Re- you know, up until probably last year, it's a, kind of last year it sort of clicked with him. But both these players are very very similar profile. You know, Nakashima, we've talked about numerous times. He's the the overs and tiebreak king, isn't he, Nakashima? Um, the overs cashed. Yet again, in his last match in Winston-Salem that we, we talked about, um, 13 that's 13 of his last 14 best of three set matches have gone over 22 and a half games. And the one that didn't was 22 games. Um, and in majors, four of his last seven, Nakashima, have gone to five sets. Um, and you can see why, because, you know, 2023 stats at main level away from clay, um, Nakashima's only won 33% of his return points. Broken serve just 11.7% of the time, but holds an awful lot at 87% of the time. He doesn't, he's not a player that you would automatically think tie breaks if you were just watching him play, but he wouldn't have thought he was a massive serve. He's not, he's not built like a, a Roundich or an Isner, but he holds a lot. His profile is almost exactly the same. If you look at it, these two sets, two sets of stats, someone like an Isner and someone like a Nakashima, they're very, very similar. Um, so certainly been a guy that just cannot cannot break serve. Jere, very, very similar. Um, Not quite to the extent of Nakashima, but 82% holds of serve and only 34% return points won, which is just 1% better than Nakashima. Only breaks serve 16% of the time. Um, Nakashima plays 0.37 tie breaks per set, which is up there with the Cressies and the, you know, the Isners and all these sort of guys. Jere up there as well, 0.26 tie breaks per set. And you can see why from the the, statist- the statistics. Um, very, very evenly matched, these, this pair. Away from clay at main level. Service points one, return points one total. Nakashima, 100. Jere, 99. Um, so for me, I've, I've taken a, a big prize here. I can see this going the full distance with these two. Um, I can see there being a couple of tie breaks involved, potentially. You know, with Nakashima's profile. 
over four and a half sets I've taken here at um, plus two one five with Bet Rivers. That's um, that's the one I'm going for. I, I could just see this going possibly one of the longest matches of the tournament. This this could get the full way. Exactly why Bet Rivers got 40 and a half as the total games. And if you didn't watch one of our podcasts last week, why didn't you watch it? But a question was asked about Sean about total games and his strategy. And Sean said he doesn't like playing the total games in majors because obviously there's a, the burnout factor. And so for him, over four and a half sets is the way to to get with this market. You know, the 40 and a half is available if you want to play that, but uh, there's other ways to get with long matches. And we feel that in the majors, uh, the 40, the over four and a half sets is the better uh, statistical play rather than the total games. Um, Sean, to all that question, I've got some more for you. We're getting loads now. Okay. Brilliant. That's Keep great. them coming. Keep them coming. I know Sean People loves People are this doing part. this on purpose now. He aren't loves they? this part of the show. He absolutely loves it. He says, just ask me anything. No problem. So any, any questions you have, Sean is always happy to, to oblige and ask the questions. So we've got a, a question here from Mashmira6273. Funny name, isn't it? Okay. But anyway, Mashmira6273 on YouTube. He's asked a question specifically for Sean for the next podcast. How do you assess the players who exited early in the US Open, Fritz, Sitsapas, et cetera, when analysing their matches for this year? Would there be someone who would play with less pressure as they have nothing to defend and hence can potentially do better? Or is it just that the tournament doesn't suit them since they've historically not done well? Either could be true. I mean, it, it depends on the situation. I mean, Sitsipas, uh, uh, I think I talked about him in the outright previews, never done well at the US Open. Five, I think it's 5-5 five, five, win-loss. Sit to pass. Definitely lost to Alahi Galan either, either last year or the year before. I don't know. I'm not sure why the US Open doesn't really appeal to sit to pass, but obviously doesn't. Do they? The question is, do they play with less pressure because they haven't got points to defend? Um, possibly. It, it depends on the player. If you're sit to pass, I don't think the ranking points are that. He's not. He's not that much in need of ranking points. Um, I'm not sure that makes a difference to the, to the really top players. I'm not sure they're going to be that concerned about about the ranking points. I think it's just for for Sitsipas, I just think for whatever reason he just doesn't like the conditions here, which is kind of strange because he's always said that he likes playing in kind of hot, humid conditions. Wouldn't lost Cabos in he doesn't he doesn't get much more sort of hot and humid than that. Um, Fritz, I think, is a slightly different matter. I think he's a player that I would potentially be slightly worried about in very, very hot and humid conditions. I've seen him really struggle in Washington, D.C. before um, with his health and fitness. So, yeah, it, I think both the choices, some some tournaments players just don't like them for whatever whatever reason. It might not be anything to do with the tournament itself. It might be the city. They don't like the city. They don't like the, you know, the something about the tournament. Or it just could be that the conditions, the playing conditions don't suit them. It, you know, it could be either. We've got one final question for you today. So just two today. This is from Steve-O7165. He said, what makes tennis a good betting medium for you? And are different tennis tournaments beginning to standardise courts too much and dis- destroying variety for betting purposes? Well, that's certainly the case for Wimbledon. I can I can tell you that. But um, what about you, Sean? What's your take on that? I think the surface slowing down affair has, has been going on for, for many, many years now. Yeah, he's right. I think it does. It does make a difference to the uh, to, to the betting. I think it makes it. I think it just. I think it's not good, good for the game in in many ways. I think if you're playing on the same surfaces, if you if imagine you played the whole tour on the same surface week in week out, I think from a betting point of view, I think we'd we'd really struggle because that would make it easier for the layers, wouldn't it? They know they know exactly what the conditions are be going to be. They know exactly what's happened in in previous matches again with the the same players. 
um, that have a, a perfect set of stats to work from. I think that that would be an absolute nightmare, and it is going towards that way because, you know, I can't think of many tournaments now where it's what I would call fast. You know, and I think that I think a lot of that is because we've had players like Nadal, like like Djokovic, like Murray, all these guys. You know, the trends certainly in the last sort of 10, 15 years have been to to players that have that physicality, that do like the sort of longer rallies, um, the more sort of durable guys. And I think they've had an influence on on the courts. They've sort of you know, they've said to guys, Well, this is a bit quick, you know, I'm not, not keen on this. Um you don't see many. That's that's also why I don't see many serve volleyers anymore. I think because the courts you can only play on maybe two or three tournaments a year where it would actually suit you. You know, Shanghai used to be quick. We'll see if that's still quick. That'll be interesting because that's coming up in a, a month or so's time in China. That used to be really what's now considered fast. Whether they've slowed that down or not, we'll see. But yeah, I think it. I think it's very very difficult now in terms of different conditions. We saw early on, didn't we, in Madrid? Um, you know, we had a really good tournament in Madrid, didn't we? Because it was it was quicker than maybe the layers expected. Um, you know, there were more tie breaks. It, it was the conditions favoured um, the, the punter because it, it wasn't a typical clay tournament. I think now, if if, if everyone's playing on the same slow surface, I, I think it I think it's difficult. I think it makes it much much harder. I would like to see a variety like we used to in the old days. You know, some of the indoor tournaments used to be like lightning, didn't they? Um, for example, Rotterdam back in the day used to be really, really quick. Then Richard Krajacek, ironically a serve volleyer, came in as tournament director, started slowing it down because he said, and this is what everyone says, he said that they want more value for money, uh, i.e. they don't want service games zipping by in like five seconds and every match going to sort of 7-6, seven, 7-6. Six, seven, six. They wanted long rallies. That They want that for their customers. So there's commercial market forces in play as well. And that's that's a big factor i think i think not many tournaments want to see it quick i think it's dallas is quite quick on the indoor hard um as i say shanghai there's one or two others but generally it's it's slow for me it's too slow i think there needs to be a variety that that would increase the different styles of play because now who, who's a serve volley now what, cressy um purcell potentially i'm struggling to think of many more off the top of my head there's probably one or two more but it's not many, and they all they all play the same these days. It's, it, the variety is lacking, and it's a kind of a long-winded answer to the question. But that that's my opinion on it. Yeah, they all they all they all want Djokovic Triakras in the final of the majors. They don't they want big names. They don't want shocks anymore. They don't they don't like exactly. it. Exactly, it's Mark Forsen makes the final of Wimbledon. They don't want that anymore. They want they want exactly the, the bigness. So they're slowing it down. Commercially, it's, money. it's you know. to do with money. They want they want they want to sell tickets, and they think selling tickets. The best way to do that is is to sort of virtually guarantee that you're going to get a reasonably long and entertaining match for your money, and that, that's again, it's all to do with money, which is a shame. But I would like to see four, five, six, seven, eight tournaments a year where it's quite quick, mm. you know, because these these guys aren't getting tested anymore, are they? Djokovic, they're all in their comfort zone in these sort of slowish surfaces. Um, I would like to see much more variety in terms of service uh, surface speed, yeah. The only tickets we care about is cashing them, not selling them. So we want to make money. Yeah, as that's well. not my that's, that's not my that's, problem. That's, that's but it is problem. it is that's our it problem. Is, it is Crychek's problem, isn't it? And all the other tournament directors like him. They they want to sell tickets on the basis of you are going to get an entertaining match. You are going to see these top guys in the final. And, and to do that, they've they've slowed the the services right down.
And just the, just the point he said about tennis making a good betting medium. I've always been a belief. I love anything where it's head to head, where yes. you, you eradicate the draw, a player against a player. You're not only you're betting about strategy, you're also betting mentally, or you're betting you're you're, you're breaking down the players individually against. So that's why I love tennis because it's not only it's their mental side of it. You know, some players jack it in and two sets in play. I can understand if someone's going to come back. I know that a little bit about the players. And I, and I like anything when you just go head to head, I think offers the better, mm. much more upside than the, than the bookmaker. So from my point of view, I think that's why tennis or any sport where you're head to head against an opponent is, is great for, from the better's perspective as well. Exactly right. I, I totally agree with that. And you also take things out at the equation, like the referee in, in football mm. and stuff. You know, you, you, your team could be winning you know, nil nil, but you've battered them in like 28 shots on target. And all of a sudden, get up the other end, dodgy penalty, game over. Exactly. You know, you don't, you don't get that in, very rarely do you get that you know, in tennis. So I agree with what you just said there. Yeah. Well, there's your, your questions. I think we've got some more for you, Sean, on Tuesday and Tuesday's our next podcast on the ATP tour. Uh, I'll be doing it from New York. I'll be landing on the plane, getting to the hotel. And the first thing I'll be doing, instead of texting the missus, I've landed safely. I'll be logging onto my laptop and joining Sean Calvert to give you the latest uh, betting weekly game bet match podcast. In, in that's the rain. Coming, that's in the rain. It's, it's actually chucking <laughs> there rain here. I just it could hear the rain bashing on the window. Uh, anyway, there's four ways to follow us here on betting weekly game bet match. You can download the podcast. That's a safe betting weekly game bet match on your preferred podcast provider you can go to our youtube channel our new youtube channel which is the betting weekly studios a really a huge amount of subscribers on that thank you very much if you're subscribing really subscribe to that you'll get an alert every time something's dropped i've seen people say oh we can't get the we don't know when the thing's dropping well we plaster it all over twitter when our because we win page and it's all you do is press the, the press the subscribe button and you get the bell rung every time it's there so there's no Need to worry about that. And you also follow us on our Instagram and our Twitter page at Because We Win. And you'll be able to follow us on our journey in New York over the next week. So, Sean, that's it. That's the US Open previewed. We've got the first round matches done. We've got the tournament winner already in the bag at 40 to 1. Just give us a quick recap on who are the best bets on the first round for our official picks here. I'm going to have to scroll up on this sheet now. Um, I'll start from the bottom. Over four and a half sets in Jerry against Nakashima. That's 3.15 plus 215. Uh, Constant Lestien, 2.14. I think he is to be Altmaier. Yep. Uh, let's go back up slightly up the top here. Uh, Zverev Vukic, set one overs, set one over 12 and a half games, 4.1 chance um, with Bet Rivers. And Guido Pella was the other one, wasn't it? I think he's yep. about 3.1 now to beat uh, Lloyd Harris. Yeah. And we've got a lean for Botic van der Sandship. We think the plus 210 is. is... A very, very big price. Yeah, I'm just too Botic, scared to press the button on that one, but we're, yes. <laughs> we're a little bit worried about Botic, who's form coming into it, but uh, we think the Jordan Thompson price is very, very low, and Botic van the Centrip could upset the odds there as well. Sean, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, as always, for listening and watching. Enjoy the football today, Sean. Anything annoyed you while you've been up there? Any, any the receptions in the hotel, the room, anything annoyed you at the moment? Uh, the Wi-Fi isn't... Uh, you know what I've had to do with the Wi-Fi? I, I went in last night, came here sort of last night and said to the guy, you know, um, you know, what's the Wi-Fi? Like, I've got to do a video call tomorrow. He said, uh, he said oh, we've got this the normal Wi-Fi or you've got the the ultimate Wi-Fi, they oh, call yeah. it. He, I said, okay. I said, I said, you know, I'd say you have to pay extra for the ultimate. He's like, yeah, yeah. He said, you won't need it though because, you know, the, the standard Wi-Fi, yeah, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> so I thought, okay, we'll see about that. I got up to the room last night, checked at a speed check on the... Um, on the internet, it was like one meg. The, st the standard was one meg. And it, I was like, am I really going to get a video call? So I upgraded, of course, to the ultimate Wi-Fi. Oh, you know what speed that is? Two meg. It's like nine or ten. So apologies if, if this video is cut out at any point. But um, oh, yeah. it's been good. 
ultimate Wi-Fi, ultimate 10 Wi-Fi. meg. That's not ultimate. You know, I have bit... no idea what you're talking about. No, the only megs I know are, are Mystic Meg, uh, Meg Meg Ryan, or Meg Richards, the girl from what's it, Meg Ryan. They're the only megs I know. I know nothing about megs. Well, let, let's just say this is the, the ultimate Wi-Fi is is pretty slow, a, a kind of the slowish side of what you get in your house at home. But if you've got the sort of you're basic in a Premier Inn in in. Don't call it ultimate if it's not ultimate. Just call, you should call it normal Wi-Fi or slightly better than normal Wi-Fi. That's what anyway. That's it. enough. That's enough <laughs> issues with the Wi-Fi. There, uh, my Wi-Fi is cutting off here. Uh, enjoy your day. Enjoy the game of the football. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back on Tuesday. Take care. And remember to check out the fantastic uh, content on the Betting Weekly YouTube uh, Studios YouTube channel. Take care.